0: And that's nifty. That's nifty. That's nifty. Your hosts for tonight's podcast are Tyler, Larry, and Slime Sunday. Damn, that's nifty.
1: Yeah, so wait. So, for you, how'd you find
2: out about NFTs? Oh, well, it's a long story. Um, this guy, his name is Gavin Shapiro, the guy with the flamingos yeah um, yep. so shout out shout he got out one gavin. tonight too he got a number nine like the free nft of fuck renders drop he got number nine so he's my neighbor um yep. <laughs> i was faster than him <laughs> <laughs> um so oh, you yeah. know eat it man um <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding i love gavin such a sweet guy um so he we were we, we did a collab um this summer and so we got to talk more to each other and he came to me in october i don't know maybe i was asking how he was doing uh you know classic stuff and he said well you know what's what i'm doing right now i'm i'm getting on this platform called super rare and nifty gateway you should check that out and i'm like what is that you know and he showed me and i was so confused by the principle because um at first i didn't realize it was something like I did before but I saw those those sales going on and I was like what so like people are paying thousands of dollars for digital art was that Um, (laughs) so you know I applied and (laughs) um, I got a lot of luck of being accepted like quite right away because it was right before the big boom in October in October like It just went crazy. So I got in, I got to mint my first artwork, I think was very early in October. So that's pretty much how I got in. When I posted my first NFT, I was still not understanding what it meant. (laughs) Um, honestly, it took me so long to realize that simply it's just like, it's worth something because there's one contract of it. And there's that contract says that this piece is made by me and was mine. And now it's yours. That's it. That's so simple. And I didn't understand that. I was like, why, like, what does the blockchain have to do with this? And, but you know, like, so, so, so I can understand why it's hard for people to get in like right away because there's so much to process first. Uh, but once you understand that it's a certificate of authenticity that's stored on the blockchain and no one can change it. That makes sense. So I, I got hooked, uh, I got hooked really hard and I just kept doing it. And I applied to Nifty as well, did a drop there in November. So yeah, that was my, my little, uh, entry story in this space was, well, I don't know for you, Mike, but personally, I felt it was such a warm welcome from people. I got some comments from artists like, uh, Carlos Martial, who's like a no G and he was like, like so happy that I was in, uh, like genuinely happy, like no, no feeling of competition or anything it was just like so wholesome. So to me, that was really exciting to get in a space that's so welcoming and where we can actually be actual artists, you know, as digital artists. Now it's our time to shine. So was super excited right away after understood, of course, like what an NFT meant. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's how it went for me. Do you find that work more fulfilling than your client work? I know Mike and I were on a clubhouse
3: not too long ago. where they were talking about you know, brands coming into Nifty, like how client work is kind of like, you don't get to fulfill your own vision
2: fully. It's kind of directed by
3: an outside force. Like, what are your feelings
2: on that? Personally, I I like client work, but I'm also really selective about what I take. Maybe it's at my own expense of not making as much money as I could, um, but I don't like getting on projects where where I feel like my value as an artist is not taken seriously because I've been on some gigs where, they sell you this whole um, scenario where you'll be like, they want your vision. They want your style. And then once you sign a contract <laughs> and you're in, they don't give a shit. and <laughs> they, they, they just, they, they throw you stuff that you need to do. And I'm like, well, maybe we should do that instead. And they mm-hmm. don't, they don't buy it, you know? So that kind of stuff kind of bums me a bit because you hire me for something, might as well. Uh, listen to me. But usually my experiences with clients were fine. Um, But I feel like now it's even better because I can make myself a living doing my stuff for myself. And I never liked being told what to do. Uh, I I hate that. I don't, maybe I'm just a piece of shit for saying that, but I don't know. If you tell me to do something, my reflex is like, well, I'm not going to do it. So being able to be Um, doing what I want whenever I want and know that there's an audience and that there's like this whole sphere where other artists are also doing the same thing for me it's so cool such a game changer but I'm not going to be like well screw client work forever you know I'm all about balance so in my mind I'm doing this but I'm also keeping the client work that I want to do just in case you know we know we never know what's going to happen more income streams the better right yeah exactly you don't want to put your your all your eggs in the same basket another I, good one that was it yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> did you just come from a clubhouse were you on with alexi in that group before his drop
5: yeah i, I actually i ran that i ran that last alexi clubhouse there Nice. Um, so i was the uh top left as the clubhouse kids say you know <laughs> <laughs> i kind of like doing the moderation Somebody was saying like people can get paid for that. I was like, hey, maybe that's a new
1: job, a little side gig. Also yep. it's your clubhouse. Yeah, you, know. Do you feel like you have to have like a set of questions before getting in there? Or do you just kind of yeah,
5: I'm like you men, just vibe, just go with it. I'm not a yeah. like, I guess if I didn't know the person, I would I guess do a little bit of research, I suppose. Like I know Euphoria, so like I know what to ask, but like I, yeah, I guess like you want to know who you're interviewing. I'm not like a pre-question kind of person. I'm just a, a vibe and talker, you know, and hope for the best.
1: Yeah, same here, dude.
4: That drive was pretty sweet. We were watching it. Were you guys live, or did you guys finish the room?
5: Uh no, we actually finished the clubhouse at like six fifteen. We gave him. He wanted. He wanted a bunch of time to kind of just like cool down with his family <laughs> before it. But then me, me, fuck render and Victor were facetiming with him right after the drop. Me, Victor, fuck render and Euphoria are all like really tight, and like we've been like buddies on on instagram for, for a long time
4: yeah. so you're like you're like his uncle i'll take
5: so it me and me and fuck are the dads and victor and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh where are the children a little <laughs> diablo-
1: are you still like vibing and like just coming off of that last drop you just had or i'm starting to normalize a little bit
5: but like understanding like that much wealth is like really it, it breaks my brain i still don't really get it um but yeah I've come back down to earth I feel like my regular self again for the most part so that's nice it's a little bit insane for a few days there and now it's kind of just like just trying to manage my time and my bandwidth because like you know not even people like doing it in a rude or shitty way but just kind of like everybody's reaching out you know it's just like it's just a bit overwhelming and yeah. it's cool and I'm, I'm like grateful for it all and like it's like you know I have I have a lot of friends and I maintain a lot of relationships so it's a lot of like Okay, talking to this person and talking to that person and like I'm trying to like take the
1: time to make a lot of art too. We've gone back for you know, like since you were fucking had like what like five thousand Instagram followers or some shit like that. We've talked about this a few
5: times and I, I remember it being less followers, but I think Aphoria <laughs> remembers it being around like two or three thousand and it might have he dude. seemed like the smartest one of us all. So I think it was somewhere around that, but Pretty much like when I started my Instagram account, I would just go onto Slime Sunday's page, and leave like dumbass weird comments on his <laughs> photos, and and I was like maybe he'll like pay attention to me because at that point you had a couple hundred thousand followers or like a hundred thousand I don't remember exactly how many but you had like a like a, a strong page and I'd been a fan since even before I started the Mad Dog account. I think how it went is I think you shared a piece of my artwork in your story, then Euphoria saw it. And then he shared my stuff. And then I remember like being all excited because I got like a hundred new followers from you guys sharing. And that was like, so significant. It still is like hundred followers is great. I just remember like, so that's how I became friends with Alexi, you know, the the path into like making friends with like Victor and fuck
1: render and, and like all you guys. So I remember when I first saw your shit and you like, I just immediately knew like how talented you were. I was like, holy shit. Because people like tag them, you know, like flex their shit in my in my feed all the time, or they were. I mean, Instagram's died down quite a bit since since back then. But yeah, people would throw shit in my comments all the time. I'd always look at it, and most of the time it was shit. But then I saw yours and I was like, Holy fuck, like this kid knows what the fuck he's doing. Like this kid needs to have have, like more followers than me. Like, let's get this kid pumping. So I just started throwing your shit up constantly because obviously I loved it. So I would have been on Instagram. For
5: 27 days at that point, because I started my I started my account, I had like not many followers at this point. And I just started. And I wrote, Have you seen my kaleidoscope question mark. And then you wrote No, but I really dig your art just gave you a follow. And I wrote, Ooh, thanks being a fan of yours for a long time, holler at me if you scope my scope.
0: <laughs> <Whatever that. laughs>
5: You know what I mean? Like
1: I was just into just saying weird shit, dude. But you're, like, dude, I, I at one point I remember like you had you would just get like the most like comments on everybody's fucking page. Like that was your thing for a while, just going around saying yeah, funny shit. Just, and it would get all the. Way, that's back when like Instagram would show like the top comments, and yours would always be yeah. at the top because you said something ridiculous. And like, well, dude, that's the thing people people don't think about
5: Instagram commenting. As a as a as a growth strategy, but like you can absolutely do that, and like you can like and people are like, well, you got to comment more. It's like it's not that you need to comment more; you need to be more interesting. Like say <laughs> fucking weird shit, and like I have so many people comments. I've gotten so many followers from leaving people comments <laughs> and just like typing like the dumbest weirdest shit, and
1: people like fucking love weird shit over in people land. Yeah. So oh like, yeah. It's, very, it's really dude, that's like you're you thinking know? outside the box there like i my yeah. growth strategy was always hashtagging yours was fucking commenting like weird funny shit fucking genius well i did hashtag too but you know but yeah yeah but if you're like the most light comment on like a big page it's people are definitely clicking on your name you know
6: i really enjoy teaching like i went back to school and got a master's degree because like that was the that was the career arc that i was that i was planning on going on was to teach art you know at the at, you know, at the college level, at the, in, at the university level, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> so, so I went straight for that. And, um, you know, there was just, there was a lot of stuff after I got my master's that, like, I didn't really uh, like about the teaching field. And I thought, you know, well, it'll always be there. I can do, you know, I can do motion design, I can do client work for a while. Um, and then when I started getting into doing personal art, people kept asking for tutorials. And so I started posting tutorials on YouTube first people. The response to that was like incredible. People were like, Oh my God, like I don't even use cinema. I just like sitting here and listening to you. It's so calming. You're like Bob <laughs> Ross, of digital art, you know, <laughs> you know, hey, that's a a moniker.
0: You can live with <laughs> and, that. You
6: know? And, and, and like, some people are like, you're going to, you're going to take that from this guy. I'm like, I take that as a compliment, you know, like yeah. I, I, I I grew up like watching the art of, or the joy of painting, you know, with Bob Ross and like thinking about how I could make, you know, those cool mountains, like look so cool. Like he puts that, you know, he does one little brush stroke in the mountains covered in snow and it's like, Whoa, you know, it's mind blowing. And like, so like watching somebody make art and learning how to make art, you know, I think is, is really cool. So, so after I did all the YouTube stuff, I was like, okay, you know, like I want to generate some passive income. So I started you know, recording tutorials and and packaging them together with project files so that, um, you know, the students could look at the stuff and and be able to take it apart and um, learn that way. And so I was selling resources and, uh, you know, and courses. And I love doing the teaching process. I just, uh, you know, it's so hard to find time to sit down for an hour and do a tutorial and plan it all out. But I want to still release more. And, you know, it's just this whole space has completely taken over you know, all, all of my, uh, all my free time. You know what I mean? I
3: can imagine. Yeah. It's taking over ours as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, We're yeah. just,
3: we're just collecting. So I can imagine if you were creating how, uh, how much time that does take. I was just going to say, I know you mentioned cinema. Uh, is there any other programs you guys use? I know Adam uh, is into Houdini, right? And that's more of a technical math base, just from what we, learned from slime sunday it sounds like he said he wasn't smart enough to use it he said it's like a a very technical uh piece of software
7: yeah it's like the most um what do you call it like it's very granular you can like really get down to like just pushing points around basically that's what it is really all about so yeah it's 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 mega technical but it's it also allows you to do basically whatever you can think of so you know, i've been really getting into it over like the past two, three years now. I wanted to
6: ask you how long it took you to learn all that stuff in Houdini because, like, I sit down and try (laughs) and make some clouds and, like, I can get through that much of it. Yeah. (laughs) It's difficult.
7: started in fall of 2018 and then I did an internship at, like, Sponsor, like, where Antagma is. Oh, shit. Like, they are part of, uh, of, uh, or, like, that's where where they started Antagma, basically. Uh, Manuel and Moritz. And after that, I, Took, some, I took a full-time job at another studio where I also used Houdini and that really like helped me along uh, and then just personal work whenever I have free time. But yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lot to get your head around. But then like when it finally clicks, you kind of see the whole big picture and like now I don't like, I don't ever have to look up like tutorials or anything. Like I kind of, I can, like any problem I get, I can kind of approach in a way that I can, I can logically find out how to solve it. And that kind of makes it your very, own that, that, as
3: well, right? Like yeah, if you were doing for sure. It- through a tutorial, then you're only doing it in that person's like method, but you kind of found your own lane. That's kind of a cool way to think about all those software programs, right? It's like you can look up how to do certain things, but if you just find out how to do it on your own, you might discover something new that you didn't know how to do.
6: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's sort of the beauty of tutorials is like, I can look up a tutorial, you know, on how to do one particular texture or something. And in the course of watching, you know, a 20 minute walkthrough, I learned five other things that I wasn't even looking up, you know. Um, and I think that's that's what's cool about like sharing, you know, knowledge in the tutorial, you know, in, in that format. Because like, when I sit down and record something, like I'm walking through the process of like teaching one particular thing, but I'll go through like five other things that, you know, and <clears throat> little presets that I have set up or like, oh, you, you know, you can use this shortcut key to do this. And and people pick up on that stuff, and like that's, I mean, that's how I learned the most, you know. Mm. Um, you know, I think, and I think what you were saying, Adam, like learning on the job, like doing, working with um, Exponza, uh, which is like so dope. I'm like so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, you know, learning on the job is is even better because you're surrounded by people who have experience, and and you know, they can teach you little things, little tips and tricks that like you don't learn you know, because everything's buried, you know, the interfaces are always so complicated. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean,
7: also what you mentioned about, like, tut- watching tutorials, like, if I do watch something now, it's, like, it's not really for the content that's, uh, like, in the title, basically. It's, like, for all these little, like, uh, workflow tips and, like, these little things that that you don't think about that are really, like, useful to pick up from other people.
4: That's cool. It's, like, being, taking, like, the, um, I mean, how you guys learn and... Um... You know kind of parlaying it into teaching in 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 kind of seamlessly you know um helping you know others uh not just entertain them but give them some tangible knowledge um uh, based off pure experience
6: it's always cool to see
4: i was gonna ask both of you guys how uh the collab came about and how you guys might have crossed paths
6: oh well we're not actually collabing together but um oh, same you know. <laughs> yeah but <laughs> we just dropped. had the so- same.
4: I, I get yeah, so confused now because, like... No, it's okay. It's I, all good. Uh, I see the lineup, and I'm like, oh, nice, that's a nice collab. And then, like, oh... Yeah. Do, no, like, I think, Trevor I think after this, day. it's
6: going to happen. Yeah. I think yeah, after this, I'm, we probably... Uh, we should work on something together, you know? It'd be really cool yeah. to see, you know... I mean, honestly, hear. if if I had known that you we
7: were dropping together earlier, <laughs> like, it would have been super cool to make some fans. Yeah. 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 You see uh, so many collabs
4: together. in, in yeah. stuff that, like, even you know, obviously like the end of end of last year and, and just kind of sneaky stuff that's like, oh, I didn't know those two were working together. My brain assumed that you were.
1: So did you guys know that Sulo is like, he works on like fucking movies and, and TV shows and.
3: It's not surprising.
1: He, yeah, he does like a bunch of VFX work. And I actually just found this out recently. Like I've known his, I don't know. I probably, how long do you think I've been following you? Like six or seven years now, something crazy like that
8: yeah i can i kept my all my vfx because it's completely different than what's known on instagram i kept that shit completely like separate because i didn't really feel like it was relative to the shit i was trying to like curate on Xulo shit so yeah it was just yeah i got into like the vfx industry like back in was it like 2009 because i went to school in san francisco to like study like vfx and animation and then um got into like that around yeah 2009 worked for a company working for like James Wan on in the movie Insidious Oh wow. and yeah I worked on that shit and then worked on some blockbuster movies like Iron Man and, and whatnot and uh it was a completely different like aspect of the different than what I was doing on Exxon because the Exxon ship is just it's it's pure like pop surrealism but like the that VFX shit is more like, you know, photorealistic and super technical kind of job.
9: Mm-hmm.
8: Before I got into the VFX industry, I was actually doing a lot of uh, fine art and illustrative stuff. That was a lot more of the stuff that everyone knows me for now. So like all that stuff was like kind of put on the back burner. And then I just focused on VFX for like from 2009 to like 2015. And then I kind of kind of shifted gears and started creating the Sula stuff. And then things kind of became 50 50 with like, I do, I still do like client work on the side with like films and stuff, but I also do all the digital illustrations and album art and animations. And then now it's mostly like NFT stuff with a little bit of like film stuff.
3: Yeah. Flipping through your Instagram, you can tell like how many different styles you can encompass. I feel like there's a color palette that kind of ties them all together, but you do so many different things. It doesn't surprise me that you also do uh vfx stuff
8: yeah dude i get like fucking bored like easily i i I hate putting myself like in like these creative like corners because i just get bored and i kind of lose interest so i always have to kind of explore and try different things so i think i was able to kind of do that on instagram but like you kind of fight the algorithm because you know what garners the most viewership so you stick within like a certain style or a certain color palette but it got to a point where it's just like, fuck it. I'm going to make whatever I want and just like screw it. And then it kind of led into like this whole censorship and getting banned. And because you just wanted to make whatever the fuck you want. And then w- once I got like banned, I ended up creating a private account. So anything that's like not safe for work shit is just put up on Xulo XX. And then I do the more like public stuff on Xulo. Show them, so, show yeah.
1: them, here, show them the um, the Amazon Prime. Prime Dick one, that's like my all time favorite. That one is so fucking fun,
3: I just saw the Jeff Bezos one coming down with the box over it. I must have saw the censored version.
8: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
1: a
3: that's super fucking tamed.
8: Let's
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, X, a dick in yeah. a box. Yeah, that's a good yeah. account, man. I highly recommend following that one.
3: Larry's on her I'm, right I'm it.
1: I'm Hey yo yo, talk Perfect. so talk so that you pop up. Oh my yeah. god! I don't know if that's yeah. even
8: in focus.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome
4: <laughs> it's actually perfect it's almost too real <laughs>
8: <laughs> yeah dude i i remember like making this and it was just like reading all this shit that like bezos was like how he was like treating his employees and people were trying to protest because of like kind of trying to get fair wages and like all the covid shit that was happening so it's like fuck Fuck him, dude. So I just put a <laughs> <laughs> dick nose. It I it up on I
10: love it, dude. <laughs> yeah.
3: So I'm you nice. dance back and forth between like 2D and 3D a lot. Is there one that you prefer, or like you're like sticking with right now? or?
8: I mean, I've always kind of sticked with one approach where like I just jump straight up into 3D program where I start like kind of constructing everything and like lighting. And then I spit it out into like Photoshop and then I just draw on top of it, all the shredding and ripping apart and all that stuff. So it's like a 3D of 2D approach. So I start off with like 3D and then I jump right into 2D.
3: I saw a little tutorial like um, I, Scarlett, I believe it was from the nifty drop. Uh, you had a post on Insta that showed, you know, it kind of started as like a sketch and then you add in the 3D modeling. And that was a really cool video to show like how that does get created.
8: Yeah, yeah, like everyone just like was super curious of how the whole process works. So, I mean, that was kind of the nice thing about Twitter because you can't really like, I don't know if people really care about like breakdowns and like all that stuff on Instagram as much. So I just started putting that stuff on Twitter. And I think like people have always been curious, like how the fuck do you do that? So I thought it's about time to kind of show that that behind the scenes shit because I think people actually like eat it up, honestly.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, man. Like I had no idea how you were creating this shit. Um, it's it's interesting to see that like you're doing all this like character modeling and setting up your scenes. And then yeah, you're obviously your drawing skills are fantastic. So oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's just like a cool way to mix two. Like you are you obviously understand all the 3D shit from working in the VFX world and then you're a sick drawer. So it's the perfect like workflow, in my opinion. <laughs>
8: Dude, yeah, I just feel like a fucking kid again.
1: You know, like, I wonder if museum, uh, if Museum of Crypto Art will actually open up like a real physical gallery to display like all their, because they have so much fucking artwork, it's insane. Yeah, like I would love to just walk into like a real gallery and see all that stuff on the wall, you know, in in like some yeah. displays and stuff, like some good displays. Like that would be just really like,
9: cool. Dude, imagine seeing like your work just on a huge like LED wall that's like. You know, bigger than life, uh, dude. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is so cool.
11: I don't know if you, if, well,
2: uh, you guys. Oh, you just yet. did it. JM right. just did it. Yeah.
12: Yeah. So uh, I went to uh, Joshua Davis Playstations. Uh, you know, one of the places that he does, you know, tech coordination for here in New York, and it's like this this spot called Zero Space and you go in there and he has these like 4k led panels that he like controls and, and you know he's like a, a code wizard but he's like yeah just bring like a, a usb drive of like whatever you have any NFTs anesthesi- you know you may, you may want to show uh so i brought like a bunch of my fractals that i have these like animated fractals and he like projected them in these like gigantic walls and it was like it was a spiritual experience for me i was just like <laughs> oh, I was actually just, like, frozen looking at it. I was like, whoa, like, I've never seen anything I've made in this scale with this, like, clarity. So, you know, and he's, like, in the scene as well. And he's, like, you know, kind of, like, uh, an innovator and, like, a, a super OG when it comes to all this stuff. He, he's
11: been years ahead of the curve for a really yeah, long time. Exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, and
9: it's it's funny because Slime, like, you've been doing, like, tour visuals, right? Yeah. For, like, for so years. long. And, like, if you think about, like, like how early, like... If it wasn't for EDM, rock bands wouldn't have huge LED walls now. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of like the core of where this space came from. So like, and you see that like, like EDM made it a full experiential element, right? Like it's not just about like going and listening to like someone perform a song. It's like, there's the the lights, there's the the stage, there's the like confetti, there's the like huge visuals. And so like, that's what I think we can do to the art world, right? Like no longer like should you ever just have four walls with paintings on them you know what i mean like the game has changed and you have to do something to like keep people's attention and like what's the wow factor you know like i think that's going to be a huge element and i think that like this space is that this space is like it's it's taking things to the next level and like yes, what J- when the i saw ev- what JM was doing
1: of the, of the art world you know like just yeah. moving forward this is just the next step in in the process yeah and it's just like i can't wait for like i mean i don't want to you know, shun any galleries, but I just can't wait till they start taking us very seriously and, like, just fomo super hard. Like, I've talked to so many artists who have had bad experience with gallerists, like, not taking them seriously because they are digital artists. And now I see all these people coming into this space and, you know, getting respected. So it's like, this is the next, you know, the next step for art is moving forward is, like, you know, I, I think NFTs is kind of bringing light on that.
9: Yeah. And I think like, um, it's funny. Cause like, I know you've, I've said this to you a million times in JN and clubhouse. Like I keep saying, like, I, I don't like the term digital artist because like, like we're, we're just artists, you know what I mean? And like, like you don't call David LaChapelle a digital photographer. You don't call Steven Spielberg a digital director, like just because it's shot on digital, you know what I mean? Like they're still fucking artists and it's just a different medium. And so like, I think that like, it's, like now is the time when people are actually paying attention and like, uh, like noticing that, you know, and I think that's dope. And especially during like a time when every tour is canceled, like all of these people who were the ones that were building these crazy experiential live shows are out of work. And, and now NFTs are like shining light on them and it's changing people's lives. And it's cool to see all these young people get into it. And it's cool that like there's so much support for like younger artists coming into the space and that's what's exciting to me is like because com- compared to the art world the art world tries to keep everybody out and like tries to keep like artists out and that's like when you said like galleries don't take people seriously it's because yeah because they want it to be their own little club whereas like the way we're all looking at it like we're all like yo, know how can we help you you know and like exactly. obviously within reason like i don't want people just to come in and be like yo, so I'm like an artist now, like whatever, like I want to make, I want to make a million dollars. Like, like I saw someone make a million dollars in five minutes and you're like, well, they spent like 12 years of their life, like becoming an artist, learning that style, like, you know, standing out above the crowd, like never sleeping for weeks at a time and like putting in like, you know, the 10,000 hours that it takes. And then that five minutes is like when it was like the spotlight was on them, you know what I mean? So it's like, they went years and years and years eating ramen and mac and cheese Mm -hmm. um, to get to this point, you know? For sure.
1: Well said, dude. Couldn't have said it better myself.
9: I'll step off my high horse now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm like very passionate about this. Like, I, no, I know, like, dude. I love I it. I see a lot of people coming in, and like, I can't tell you how many people I get hit up like so many times a day. And I'm sure like we all do. You know what I mean? Like, like, yo, how do I get, in? like, what's up with NFTs? Like, I literally have like a text thread where um, every time someone hits me up, it'll be like, yo, how are you? Like, what's going on? crazy pandemic huh like and i'll be like <laughs> straight
1: to nfts after i'll be like
9: i'll screenshot it before they say it and i'll be like i'll text it to like our friend chris and i'll be like 100 bucks says nft it's coming and then it's like yeah so like nfts huh like what's what? Like, and i'm just like yeah nfts but um yeah everyone wants a piece but like you know i get it like rightfully so like there's room for all kinds of angles and stuff but i just it becomes a lot to deal with like uh, I get a lot of inbound messages that like, I want to reply to everyone, but it's like becoming so many that it's like, I, it'll be like, Hey, there's I, no like, there's no time, you know? Like I, and it's like, while we're working on the drop and I'm like, I, I literally like, I, I can't reply to you right now. Like, but like, I have to say, I can't reply right now. Like, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so it's, it gets fucking stressful, but, uh, like then there's the people that like hit me up that are like, my actual friends, I've known them for years, they're asking genuine questions, or they're asking it the right way, they're coming about it from like an authentic place. And I'm like, all right, I got you, like, let me help you, you know, and I think that's like, where it's important. And like, it's, I'm not trying to be like any sort of gatekeeper, because I don't really have any power. But like, I'll try to help guide the people who have always supported me, you know, Um, or if they're coming from like an authentic way and like, want to help the community.
4: We talked to Alexi as our first conversation. We were connected through Mike and um, Alexi ran one of his, his accounts. And I, I, I was in there at one point and stumbled on his art when this kind of came off. And um, he brought you up in our first conversation with uh, oh, really? Satoshi. Yeah. And um, just that uh, conceptualizing that idea and, and putting it together is so is so creative, too. From there, then we started poking around and then we came across Queen of Darkness. Um, the queen and uh that night when I bought it, I was shuffling so many different accounts, just moving as much crypto as I could. I like, I'm <laughs> I want it for six 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 because that's what she needs to go for. Um yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that was thanks that a was, lot, man. As soon as I saw it, I was like, this is a this is a steal, right? Like someone has to buy this. Why has no one bought this? Like, this is
13: yeah, awesome. I was freaking out, man, because I was like, I love this piece because I couldn't... Queen of, um, Queen of Roses, I was like, I, I fucking love this piece. I like, I liked it, I, I love it a lot. And like, what's behind it as well, it's like the, in the piece, she's hanging to this like phi icon, which is the logo of Fibonacci, which is the duo me and Mara are trying to build, uh, which is like a music project, electronic music project. And we started it in 2017, but then we sort of like paused it because like life got in the way. We didn't have money so i had to like go back to work because we were always like we, we've lived together for like seven years now we're always like trying to do projects together but there's always like something happens you know in life and you're like you need to work and uh, someone doesn't have money then you need to leave yeah, you go away and the project like gets stuck so this is crazy like that piece sort of like represents the beginning of it and like i'm really attached to it and I'm super happy you got it, and uh, like, it. it, it I, I think it's cool. I was like, because it wasn't selling at the beginning, and I was like, why is it not selling? Like, I, I would like be walking in the kitchen, like, Maro, what the fuck is going on with my work? Why does like, why is it, it? It's not going. You know, I think the quality, it, it's quite, it's quite decent, and uh, the music in that piece is also really cool. It's like very, it, it, it's quite epic, right? I hate to describe my work in a positive way because it, like, I shouldn't be doing it, but I think, I think i like the piece you know and we can uh, do
3: that for to, you too it is you, really you can, nice yeah it's okay yeah.
13: <laughs> it's
9: fucking dope. yeah we
3: put it up on my 70 inch tv the other day and, and the music oh, came through shit. the speakers we were like oh
13: shit yeah it it's sounds cool, great uh, i like i like it a lot especially because the music is is done by Mara, so i i feel like i can judge it because it's not fully mine so it's it's like someone else's work too yeah it's very symbolic so that's that's a good uh it's a good piece to have i think uh, i'm glad uh, i'm glad it has such a cool collector you know hopefully now like what we want to do because now we have the mean you know now we have the place like the we have a community that supports us we have a voice and i think nft is a good match for the project that we're doing For it's like electronic music but with a kind of retro vibe that it's not as mainstream as you would imagine it it's not like a edm dubstep or edm like banger out there it's more of a there's a story, there's like a cinematic aspect to it. We want to build a sort of like, not a cult, but like something, you know, like a world of its, on its own. And I think NFT brings brings the potential to do it.
4: So I noticed the overlap on, um, what was that piece? You sold it on Super, Illustrator picked it up. Um, um, you know, the dude um, sitting in the control room. Yeah, the, yeah, the um,
13: administrator, yep, the green yep, one.
4: Yep, where the queen sitting up on one of the screens. Yeah, and you can see it kind of flow there. Like, is the uh, intent to tell that story through these NFTs? Uh, kind of yeah. Like, yeah.
13: It's cool. Like, I, I, I like to play some, like, little Easter eggs in my work. And I think I'm going to do it a lot more. Because, like, now I know people are actually paying attention. It's crazy. Like, in that in, in the Discord of Le Anime, like, the project from Nifty. From I was like, oh, fucking shit. Like, these people are insane. It's like, they're hunters. I was like, it's going to take a while to figure out most of the shit, right? I, I wake up the next day and people can read bronic language, like, fluently. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> it's
4: like well, Here's a spreadsheet of, of 1,500 characters and their rarity rankings. Where the fuck did
3: you Crazy. That? <laughs> I hand, like, go? Crazy. And go through every one and look at every attribute and find out how many times it appears and, like, what combination. <laughs> exactly. And- that's crazy
13: i don't even have that like i was like i'll have this so quick it would take me longer and i have the fucking files on my computer like
3: (laughs) don't even do the work just be like yeah that's the rarity yeah
13: (laughs) yeah exactly i I I should just go along with it like yeah fair enough um if you say so um yeah it's cool though it's really really cool you know because like work like this doesn't have really a public outside of nft you know it's it, it's hard to find a public for it like i love dungeons and dragons like all those kind of like fantasy not g- games but yeah they're kind of games you know like Dungeons and Dragons Dragons, a game but also like it's almost a book it, it's a mix between a book a movie and a game you know it's mm-hmm. like where it's like those wars where narrative art. From, like narrative arts you know yeah and i think like the cool the cool stuff with nft is that you can really say whatever you want and then you'll find some people that you communicate with so it gives you a little bit of freedom to explore these uh, mechanics and stuff and and it's i think it's quite cool
3: i actually think the artists that we've been talking to tap into a lot of that stuff in our age range where it's like we're into anime and like or you were into you know pokemon or something where it's uh-huh. like a collecting thing and i think it's really like wrapped all the people that are this age who are like on the internet like web 3.0 ready to go they're, yeah. they're in it
13: now that's true that's true we're the collectible generation i guess right we're, we're fucked up in the head by cartoons and, and and stores and the piece that was on foundation
3: that was self-help right yeah exactly yeah and that one had a deep meaning to you didn't it
10: yo yeah that was that was like there was a couple pieces like these are from like the archives because basically like my my renders is like my artwork is is like a, a dairy journal so everything that i live everything that i experience or anything i i kind of me writing down a dairy journal um diary diarrhea no i'm kidding uh, I, don't, I don't know yeah so so I'm, I'm trying to um to memorize a couple of things that i that happened to me and like oh i dealt with with problems and the biggest thing is like 3 years ago I had like this big depression. I was working insane amount of hours and like it was like it was very 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 like it was crazy and like it was only commercial work project that I didn't really wanted to do or that was like straight up killing me. And I had this big depression at Christmas because I had to work like insane. And one night I just did like a very ins- extreme big panic attack of like me like freaking out and like I, w- I couldn't sleep all night and I woke up the, the, the other morning I was like I, I can't do any more 3D like I can't do any more art because it's like I'm burned and it's not gonna come back and I was like in my mind I was like oh shit I'm never gonna be able to work again because I'm having this panic attack every time I go to my computer hmm. so I decided to uh, read a couple books and like do a couple things for me to reintegrate uh like my computer to myself and be able to work because to me i was i wasn't able to sit on my computer i was having i was sitting i was on my computer i was having a panic attack which was fucking annoying because i was like dude i I just spent like three years like only doing this just to be able to finally work i was starting to get paid and i was like dude i'll i'll have to go back work in a restaurant or something like i wasn't really starting to check for a job in a restaurant so I decided to work on myself and do like um this thing called rewiring the brain um so I was doing like incremental of like 5 10 15 minutes on my computer so I was like sitting working for like five minutes I was doing something else I was doing this like back on loop all day just so I can at least create one artwork and at the end of the day and at the end of the day I was super fucking anxious I was like shaky and I was like fuck and it's it's so crazy because it doesn't make any sense like Honestly, someone would live that and I, and I would just fucking slap him in the face because I was like dude get the like it's nothing you're just sitting on your computer but my 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 brain associated my computer to depression and fucking exhausting and overwork and I think my my brain was just telling me like okay you need to you need to chill so yeah i i so i started to do this it took a year and after a year like also i had to work from 6 a i was working from like 1 p.m to 3 p 3 a.m sometimes i had to switch from 5 6 a.m to noon and i couldn't work afternoon after if i was on my computer afternoon i was like super anxious so feeling super weird anyway I, I won't go too deep in, in that I, I can talk about this like for so long there's so many artworks that are in that time that i created that are so important to me that i'm starting to release out there because it's it's part of like who i am today and the reason i'm able to create and i didn't quit doing 3d is like because of these artwork because i was able to finish them that time but yeah it's fucking deep sorry about this <laughs> no
3: man we love the story yeah you can it. feel it in the piece like the close-up, it fills the frame, you know, and it does feel nice. like, you Thank know, you. it's it's tight in there. Yeah, yeah man. I've, it's, I've
1: honestly, I've honestly been there multiple times where I find myself being too crit. Well, it's not that uh, I don't want to create the art, but I become very critical of what I create to the point that I end up creating nothing because I think everything that I'm creating sucks. So it's like, oh, a, dude, a mindset that I get into where it'll take me months to make something just because I'm critiquing it so hard and being like oh "Oh." yeah so yeah it's definitely important to take breaks i've been in this weird situation where i start binge editing now so i'll like fucking i'll edit for like two months straight and until the project's done and then i'm just like so burnt out that i need to take like two weeks off and then oh yeah no it's so essential then (laughs) so it's weird dude like yeah it's it's hard this lifestyle is definitely not easy especially if you're doing client work which can be super yeah
10: Dude, it was so it was killing me, man. Honestly, like and I was juggling with like literally 12 client work at a at, at a time. Wow. And, like, oh like, oh shit, that's we wild. okay. I had like 45 minutes of live show to get done in like the next weekend. So I was like sick. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was it was crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's basically, you know, training ground for what we're doing now though, you know, like- Yeah that experience of doing client work and grinding even though you're not getting paid a lot of money just kind of sets you up for now where you can oh yeah start to focus on creating your own artwork and putting more effort into your own shit instead of somebody else's vision you know
10: yeah and honestly like i'm so grateful for this nft space like it's fucking like i've been working literally for the past like six months i'd say 80 hours to 100 hours a week and I feel so good. Like, I don't feel like I feel stressed, of course, because like I have like a couple <laughs> deadlines, but they, they're all like personal projects. So, like, there's that's nobody, funny. gonna, no one's gonna tell me that this sucks. Only me can tell me it's gonna suck. So, if someone says that it sucks, that, that's good for them. But, like, yeah, the whole NFT new era of like art is so fucking crazy. Like, I'm, I don't know. I, I pinch myself every, every morning that it's real. You know,
14: my, my career has been a, a series of really lucky events, to be honest. It's just like, you know, I, I met the director of Tron Legacy, Joseph Kaczynski, at a panel in, at FITC Toronto. And I was super hungover. I was just like, you know, just totally not with it. Just met him on the panel. And uh, he was like, hey, I, I really liked your, your motion design work uh, from the Flash days. Do you want to help me with you know, this feature film that I'm directing, you know, I designed some holograms and, and and it just turned out to be like the most educational experience of my career because it was, I was coming from motion design at the time and went to go work at digital domain and they just beat into me like VFX pipeline, like motion design and VFX are completely different worlds. And so learned that you know if you're going to do cg you have to lens information you know compositing depth of field motion blur like camera settings pumped into the work and it really got my motion design to go towards like a more much more optical direction yeah and that's stuck with me ever since and and the nice thing about working on that film was i got to, i got to sit in they were called dailies and so you you sit in a the theater and and you know there's like 30 people in the theater and then in the front are joseph kaczynski and eric barba the vfx supervisor And we'd like watch them pick apart VFX shots for like two hours a day, you know? And it's just like, when would you ever get to watch that? You know, like just watching them pick apart shit was just unbelievable. Um, It's amazing how
1: how much, you know, how much client work you've done. And what I found most interesting was recently when you told me that you're moving away from client work and now you're just focusing on the NFT space. is, Is this true? Like you. You're basically stopping all client work and now you're going to just start doing some personal shit.
14: Yeah, the only client work I'll do is live action because I love it. Yeah, I love I love walking on set, you know, 50 people, you know, grips and gaffers and cinematographers and assistant directors, you know, just that is the best form of adrenaline. I'm a kind of a, you know, kind of a I'm like an ultra stoner mellow guy, but I'm also kind of an adrenaline like hyper dude. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so it's like a mix. So I, the adrenaline of being on set and running a set is just something I can't replicate anywhere else. So that's the only client work I'll do. That that and Datavis. Datavis is actually I'm really enjoying. I have a, a really dope team for Datavis side of things. Um, just because it keeps me, you know, I don't want to lose like who I am, and I'm actually like have a big big foundation in graphic design. Like if you, if you spend a year, you know, designing grids for, you know, Oblivion, for instance, you know, we designed all the interfaces in Oblivion and spent a year just like, you know, grid based, just fucking gnarly details, dots and lines and type everywhere. And that, that influence is actually probably more profound than anything else. Because when you're a designer, you, it teaches you just to fucking see everything. You understand, you know, it's like, it teaches, especially graphic design. It's all about symmetries and 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 grids and layout. And I just have always, it's just such an impactful uh, influence on me. So data viz is like a really meaningful way uh, to express graphic design. I think
1: with a story. Yeah, for sure. That's that's fucking crazy. But this is the cool yeah. thing. Is like now we can, you know, like maybe we start doing these types of things out in the real world for ourselves instead of you know like for clients. Like we do these data viz sets that people can walk into and, and but it's like an nft experience like i'm excited for you know the future of that and what what that might mean for for artists like yourself who want to start doing your own fucking mind-bending projects and you have these massive teams because you've been working with you've been doing this client work for all these years you probably have like a catalog of people that you could work with and, and pull something crazy mm. off in, in the real world
14: yeah yeah, that's true. But I mean, sometimes you know, like for instance, we just finished a data project for GitHub, and it's like you would never get that kind of data from anybody. Yeah. You know, and, and like that's just like such a trove of of data to to beautify, and uh, you know, it's just. I think the the key is just we can all be so much more choosy now. Like I've I've literally turned down ninety five percent of of client opportunities over the past few months. And, you know, it's it's Psymonk all the way now,
6: <laughs> That's
14: amazing, <dude>. <laughs> which is great because, yeah, it's, it's like I just um, the, tr- the truly meaningful work is ha- it has to strike a chord, you know, it has to like it's either a story, you know, it's either like a memory of, of the experience, you know, like me and, me and a bunch of buddies did an installation in, in Hangzhou in late 2019 and the, the adventure of going with like two of my dearest friends and building this fucking thing in Hangzhou, that adventure was something I'll never forget. Like it was just so fun and silly and surreal and ridiculous. Um, So it's either that or it's like something that that's it's triggering work that it has to like, it has to like strike a, strike a chord where my, my, my body vibrates, you know, it's like something has to vibrate inside of me that takes me back to, all the heavy psychedelic usage I've done in my life. I have
4: no idea, like how, I know you guys use these different, what type of systems do you use? Or what type of products do you use for your?
15: Yeah, I use, uh, I use Photoshop, uh, After Effects, like the Adobe products. And also I experiment a little bit with Cinema 4D, Des Studio, sure, the, the software that everyone uh. uses during this time, but mostly I feel more comfortable with Photoshop and After Effects. And these are the softwares that I've used for this collection. So I wanted to use the softwares that I, where I feel more comfortable and I feel like I can do the the best, so. You do tutorials with those, right? Yeah, yeah, I also do tutorials. I I started making tutorials since I started to do everydays because uh, like, as I was uh, creating new things, I, I was trying to experiment and by experimenting I started to learn new things and then I had that I wanted to share what I learned so this is how this how I started to make tutorials and yet lately uh, I did a course with Domestika I don't know if you know the platforms the platform but it's a Spanish platform but it is really famous for courses and that is like the first Professional course that I ever made because like the previous one was just me screen recording, yeah, doing it within one day just to just to share something, while that one uh, is the longest course, like about three or four hours, and uh, the process took months. Uh, so yeah, and I've I want to I want to keep making tutorials after after this drop. Uh, I don't want I don't want to forget about the community who uh follows me for for my courses and actually last year maybe in 2019 but yeah let's say like in in one year uh I had a contract with Behance it's a uh, Adobe and Behance to make live streams and I did like six hours of live streams every week where I shared wow. my yeah where I shared shared my process of work just like doing the daily artwork so maybe I should also share them on YouTube so other people can see so I have a lot of content where I share my process so a lot of people don't understand the work that goes into it and it's a lot of being in front of the computer for long hours yeah exactly (laughs) yeah that's the the main part just to be in front of the computer
4: I think people love to see the process nowadays because especially if they're buying it like if you're not just pushing out prints and people are just buying you know stuff from your website knowing what your what's behind your work i think is um a big facet to why people buy nowadays so you got a pretty solid foundation between every days and six hours a week worth of tutorials (laughs) you got like a library to go back to
15: yeah so and as i said i want to keep doing this and actually i have kind of recorded Two other tutorials, and they were uh, since I was thinking to share more free content on YouTube. Uh, I wanted to make the, the tutorials uh, short and fast, so it's not like a one hour tutorial, but it's more like a yeah. straightforward thing. And yeah, I have something that I started to do since November, but, <laughs> but I have to finalize it so I can share it because um, since November, I think. When the NFT thing started to uh, get bigger, I haven't focused too much on the tutorials, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know that I should go back to it. And I also, by the way, I, I will do another course with Domestica uh, since the first one is going pretty well. they they shared it on December, and it already has around ten thousand uh, students. Wow, so yeah, so yeah, I'll do another one and I'll just ask since I haven't decided yet about the what will I teach I guess I'll just ask on Instagram what would people like to learn yep. yeah and and do it
3: so I think that'll work out well man um I saw online that you like to experiment so what um other software are you playing around with that you might not be 100% comfortable in yet to release in an NFT but you know you're starting to create with it
15: yeah at, at this point uh, I'm trying to get better at uh 3d so cinema 4d mainly and a few hours ago i was watching some tutorials from uh, josh pierce i don't know if i said his name right but yeah we've had him know. on as well nice guy yeah, yeah. so he does those kind of uh landscapes uh that i really like and yeah i'm trying to get better at 3d because uh this is where i don't feel very comfortable and it is also because you need a really good workstation to be able to create 3D artwork that you like, like simulations and stuff like that. So, un- until uh, September of last year, I was always working with my laptop. So, had to upgrade some new yeah. graphics cards. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, right now I have a graphic card, I have a workstation, but so it gives me a better chance to to learn new things in 3d uh, but i see that i have to update my workstation again yeah <laughs> but yeah that's that's the the idea to keep uh learning on uh, the 3d software like cinema 4d
3: that's awesome man i think that's the sentiment in the nft community all around it's it's been very uh welcoming and Everyone's just trying to help everybody out. It's pretty great to see.
12: Yeah. And I think to some degree with uh, the world of art, music and others, um, it's kind of broken down the middlemen, right? There's a lot of middlemen who would take their cut and they didn't necessarily share that or, or you know, make uh, monetization of art equitable. So I don't want to repeat what they did. Like if I'm going to be a quote unquote gallerist, I'm not going to, you know, be a gatekeeper and stop people from, from creating. And I'm going to, I'm going to try to split everything as evenly as I can. Cause honestly I'm not doing that much work, right? All I bring is an audience. And if somebody is, you know, breaking their back to make a really cool piece of art, they should get at least half, if not more, they're being generous and giving me half.
3: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, I had an idea the other night about the way platforms take cuts uh, from the artists on primaries and secondary sales. And I was thinking if they wanted to promote NFTs long-term, they would get rid of the primary cut that they take and only focus on the secondary sales. That way, you know that they're promoting the artist, they're choosing the right ones for the long-term. What are, what are your thoughts on that? It just popped in my head last night, actually.
12: Yeah, I mean, the secondary market and the royalties piece is enormous. And I think that, you know, as I've explained the whole space to, to, to newbies, um, that's the one that makes their wise their eyes pop wide open. It's, you know, because there's so many stories, right. Of an artist selling something for a couple thousand bucks. And then a decade later, it's like at Christie's for $20 million. And and that artist doesn't get a cut of it. I think that's huge. And I think that the royalties piece, that's what's going to help people make money while they sleep and Mm -hmm. the original, the original creators. um, I think the biggest challenge right now is this cross platform, you know NFT exchange issue, right? Where if I sell it on Rarible, but then it sells on OpenSea, but then it goes to Foundation, whatever. I don't think there's a clean way to track all that, and I don't think people are earning all the the uh, the revenue they're they're supposed to be getting. But I do think we'll get there. And yeah, you can um, also take them and
3: put them in your wallet and do like side trades, you know, and like then you're definitely bypassing all of that.
12: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think once you take that model that we're seeing in NFTs and apply it to other spaces, like for example, video games, um, the possibilities grow exponentially because you know, imagine you're on Fortnite and you, do, you develop your own skin as an NFT and you sell that to a thousand people who want to play uh, as the skin in, in, in Fortnite and then they resell it and it keeps going up and up. I mean, honestly, I, I think that the NFT wave that we saw is going to slow down. But then once video games adopt it, it becomes a trillion dollar in this industry. And that money isn't just going to Epic or Activision or Sony, it's going to the people who are creating content within the games. Um, we're not there yet, but I think that's where it's going to go. Yeah, that's a cool concept. I've also heard people say like, you could take um, viable content from one game and bring it to a different game with you. Exactly. And that's, and that's kind of where this whole idea of the metaverse is really important, where you can transfer content from one platform to another. But, you know, right now we live in a world where, you know, something lives on Apple or on Steam, or on, you know, Xbox Live, and they're not interoperable. Um, So we have to figure out a way to be able to kind of move content or digital assets between different platforms. But, you know, as you guys can imagine, there's a lot of uh, incentive for those platform owners to not let that happen because they want their you know 33% cut or whatever it is.
4: How do you guys cross paths? How do you know each other? And I guess any prior working relationship.
11: Well, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Andre.
16: Like uh, me and Philip, we go way back. Um, I think it was like 2015, and um, I was already working, um, you know, uh, doing CG back in Prague, kind of like beginning my career as a 3d artist and i i don't remember how but i came across his uh his instagram and he had 800 followers back then and i just messaged him and i was like dude you're going to be really big one day and here we are today
11: yeah i was like oh this guy is full of shit (laughs) (laughs) hey man you believed in one another it worked out yeah Yeah, i mean it's, it's uh because andre has been uh like when we met he was just about to leave for like this uh he he's, he decided to go on this like working trip across the world and uh so we didn't really we like chatted in 2015 but never actually met each other even though we lived in the same city in the beginning and yeah it took like what two three years before we ever actually even uh <laughs> met physically it was kind of funny it's the world yeah. we live in now yeah so i'm still i'm still in prague andre is now in london but yeah he did like a Fucking round trip around the world.
16: <laughs> yeah, and we met together in Fiji, I think, for the second time, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Diving with sharks. That was
3: cool. Wow. So we were just talking to Philip before you got on about uh Phil's gas station on Super Rare. Andre, did yeah. you have anything live right now for, for bidding? I don't
16: actually. No, just stuff on the secondary on If you gateway. I'm I'm letting the market to cool down for me a little bit because uh yeah, I, I mean, I I think that yeah, I just wanna wait a bit. Yeah, I'm putting some new stuff up there. And I'm also working on some on on some new things. I'm just really busy both commercially and on the other uh, NFT uh, NFT things.
4: Well, you uh-huh. do have you do have one thing listed because I was checking out to see if you guys had any stuff that you still owned uh, and haven't sold yet on Super. So what is this self-portrait listed at you <laughs> <laughs> I'm to just, just read this off. 1.03 E plus 23 dot, dot,
16: dot. Yeah, I'm man, gonna... that's, just, uh, that's just not for sale, you know? That's the first self-portrait I've ever made. And uh, I have just decided to put it on a blockchain, but uh, not to sell it because as far as I know, I've, I was one of the first ones to do this. And it was actually quite a struggle to get this, you know, very good 3D scan. I had to go to this um, big uh, kind of like film facility, here in london and i had to pay them to, to 3D scan me and uh, and then i spent like two weeks just polishing and cleaning up the scan and then two next two weeks just doing the hair and and it's also a very personal piece because i i have put all the titles the on my face are actually all the studios i worked at uh, when i was working around the world so that's just a very personal piece and i just decided not to sell it,
11: no, at least oh, it <Yeah>.
3: Come again. I like that idea, though. I mean, now that we have the ability to just put anything onto the blockchain, that's a cool concept to just, I'm going to put this out there. It's not for sale, but I want it to last forever.
16: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So if you want to
4: buy it, you can spend $17 trillion on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm waiting for. I guess we kind of just run these by people. most people we talk to, but in terms of like an intro to NFT space, either one of you, wherever you want to take it, uh when was it how was it what was your reaction to it and i guess how are you kind of developing with it as it goes
11: yeah so for me uh it was actually through mike uh slime sunday uh okay. he hit me up on instagram and he was like dude i got this like uh got these guys who are in the nft space and they're like looking for some 3d dudes to help them with like i on like what is that dude that's like (laughs) i'm like you know i got my commercial work here mate (laughs) what what are you trying to say i'm just like you know doing my thing and uh then i kind of like looked into it more because i've seen some stuff on uh on twitter uh before even like before this but it was like super rare so i didn't realize that nifty gateway and super rare were kind of like the same uh sort of space um so then then when it clicked i was like oh okay so it's one of those things where you so like uh gif for like 10k back then i was like wow i'm definitely more interested <laughs> in this uh so i started kind of researching it and um yeah i mean i didn't really know what to think about it like for for uh like i don't know three weeks i was like oh, i don't know man should i do it then uh i i had to call with uh, tommy from nifty gateway and uh and i think with griffin as well and we kind of like you know were chatting about the og drop that happened in january so this was, I think, in October last year, so it was like way ahead. And uh, yeah, I started, I, I said yes to the OG drop, but I didn't say yes to like doing a solo thing. So I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, is it really like a thing I want to do? But yeah, then I kind of tried it and uh, I was like, damn, dude, this is like the best thing since sliced bread. And <laughs> <laughs> I have been kind of doing it uh, full time pretty much ever since, I don't know, like... Uh, October, maybe December. Yeah, I think December, yeah, that, around there.
16: You you went on Super air first and then on Easty Gateway, right?
11: Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, because uh I didn't didn't re I you know, I was working on the OG drop and uh then I kind of messaged Tommy if I could have like a solo drop and he said, "Yeah, sure," and we like arranged the date, but then I saw that people are doing like all the platforms, so I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, let's try it. So I uh tried Super air as well uh but i mean it took like four weeks before i heard from them so i was like yeah okay i'll just do my first drop on nifty gateway because you know it seemed like there is like more traction there and people are more excited about that so i did ng first and then i kind of like i don't know two weeks later i did my first on super air
4: yeah the uh I feel like the process, you probably probably both, I don't know, Andre, actually, when you got in, uh, if it was around the same time, but it seemed to be right uh, right at the last, or almost last second, right? It's yeah, just yeah. Be part of that exactly OG wave,
16: right? 100%, 100%. I was actually, Nifty Gateway reached out to me all the way back in June 2020. Um, wow, that
3: would have been really early.
16: Yeah, and uh, I got into NFT because of Philip. He kept t- telling me about it, and um, <laughs> so I was like, I just uh, I was like, this gate that sounds familiar. So I just went into my email and looked it up, and saw <laughs> that so there was there was a message from uh, from Tommy all the way back in June. I was like, fuck. So um, yeah, I followed up. I think in November or yeah, in November I think, and uh, and we scheduled uh, scheduled a drop, and and I, that was really cool. Well, just say, I kind of ignored it because I was really busy with commercial work. So yeah. I just, I just, I just wasn't getting it. I just wasn't getting it. And now, now I see how it's actually really makes sense. Crazy thing, think this happened in like six months,
1: basically. I mean, I know NFTs exactly. have been, you know, they've been around for a few years now, but like the, you know, the big explosion that we saw was obviously started like back in October. But just in like that period, the amount of artwork that has been that has come out of this is
17: absolutely mind blowing. Like you mark you marked the beginning of it for me, man. You really do with Last Stand. Like that, That's what that, I was going to
4: ask you. When yeah. was it for you that it's like, all right, I'm in. I don't know why, but I'm I'm in
17: this. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I was I was studying NFTs probably since summer, right? Or or, or early early fall. Yeah, doing the deep dive. I'm, I was very aware of like, like I, I remember I, I tried to get a Beeple piece, you know, was, was was in on all that stuff. But then I remember sitting, I remember sitting on my couch and talking to my wife at, when I made the decision. I'm like, I'm going to start buying NFTs. You know, and I remember sitting there and I'm thinking, it'll probably mean something one day what the first NFT that I buy is. And I remember sitting there and I flipped my phone and I showed her Last stand. And she's like, that's that has to be the one. That's the one. It's that's <laughs> gonna be the one. And I remember having the thought, it's funny the thoughts you go back to what if, right? I remember having the thought of like, I should buy 20 of these. <laughs> for real.
1: For real. I'm they like, were so cheap. They're
17: bucks. <laughs> exactly exactly. Exactly. And I sat there and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And you know, I just said, Well, I have to buy at least one. I bought one, I moved on with my day, and then here and here we are, you know. What 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 oh what could have been.
1: Do you still have one or did you end up selling it?
17: That's my, dude, that's my first NFT. I cannot sell wow, it. Wow, really? I can't, I cannot sell that NFT. Holy shit. That's I actually- don't care. That, that NFT could go yeah. to a million dollars in addition. And I just don't, with what this space means to me personally, I'm here. You know, I, I brought my yeah. life over. I'm here full time, full time. I'm all, all in NFTs um, doing some fun. I'll, I'll tell you guys some fun stuff after after we we end recording. It's not quite ready for public consumption, but uh, <laughs> nice. but wow, uh, that that's
1: I did not know that um, Last Stand was your first NFT. That makes me feel ext- extreme amount of joy. <laughs> the, the literal
17: uh, first you, one,
1: you know, and like that was actually, you know, like I when I entered the space, I did not have a good understanding of crypto, so I actually worked with you know a few people to develop that piece. Like I know you know Griffin from from nifty gateway i i consulted with him on some ideas and then blau of course like helped me out with some some aspects of that just, it felt you know that that piece to me felt like my journey into this space as well because I, it was like me trying to understand you know the crypto space and and what it meant and that's what i was trying to do with that piece i, I i'm still blown away with what happened with with last stand i mean <laughs> 40 to where it is now it's crazy
4: yeah yeah your closest People closest to you paper handed that so hard. I know, dude. Everyone. Everybody. I mean, we have to. My dad it sold out, it so. at
1: like four hundred dollars. No, I sold my, mine. I,
4: <laughs> I, I, I I sold mine for thirteen hundred when it was like spiking because I I put it up for sale. But uh, I mean, Tyler's definitely got the worst one. So yeah, so
3: time. RD, <laughs> me and you came into the space around the same time, but uh, in totally different ways. I wasn't thinking about buying twenty at all, and I oh man, I wish I was thinking on that line. I bought one uh, at 40 bucks, like you guys <laughs> said, and sold it for like $69 and I broke even. Like I didn't understand what I was getting into <laughs> and it haunts me every day. And I think we've mentioned it on every podcast so far.
11: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did can't
3: you really, did it you really
17: sell it for $69. So at least there's a little redemption in that, right? I,
3: I guess. Yeah. I, I'd actually, we tracked it down before, but I bet it's moved hands again. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to see a piece that you have, uh, trade hands a bunch of times. But this one, thankfully, I think only moved two or three and only sold for like three grand. And now the guy's like holding on to it tight. So at least it's it's got a better owner than me, I guess, at this point.
17: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny? I mean, we we all probably have countless regrets. No, reg- 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 I mean, regrets. Well, reg- <laughs> regrets. I'm not sugarcoating you. Just straight up regrets. Every
3: NFT I've ever sold, I now regret selling that NFT because it made more money later on. And I wasn't even thinking years from now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous though. I mean, although that approach did allow me to have more money to spend back into the space because I didn't have a lot of disposable income or like a lot of money for investment lying around. So those early pieces that I flipped for, you know, hundred dollars here, 200 here, getting up to a thousand dollars, I put it right back in. And now I actually have an all right collection that I'm proud of because of, those first couple moves that I had to do a couple missteps on.
17: It happens. It, it does. It just happens. <laughs> yeah. It but it's fun. so cool though,
4: because it's like, for as many L's as you can take, you can probably look at the W's too. And mm-hmm. right now, whatever you're holding is probably a W. So we probably, now that I think of it, last name was probably the first thing we bought too.
3: Was, that was my first NFT. Like
4: I mean, for I sure. Mean, it, it,
17: represents, it represents the beginning in my mind of, of the parabolic rise. Very, yeah. very, very, clearly and and even more clearly because of how it was priced, right? It was priced, right. it was price low and you, you, you could just kind of follow its trajectory as this market exploded. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, I think when I was doing open editions back then, my idea was like, let's keep them cheap so that more people can buy into them. Like to me, that's what I felt like open edition should be like, you know, allow access for people who might not necessarily be able to afford like the, the lower edition counts. Um, and I think open editions just became an absolute beast at one point and people were treating them like in crazy ways. Um, it was just funny to see what happened (laughs) with open editions.
4: I just wanted to make sure, and I just said this, but I want you to be on record to saying that you are not buying a board eight because you don't want to.
3: Well, I do want one. It's just, I feel like I missed out on the initial wave. And once I feel like I'm left out of something, I like kind of, I push it away. I'm like, you missed it. Just don't, don't ape in. But
4: aren't you, aren't you, don't you feel a sense of aping in?
3: No, I'm trying to resist the FOMO. Like there's. There's something new that comes out every fucking day, and I can't get them all. Yeah, but isn't, there some,
4: isn't this at a price range where it's like a low risk to not be in?
3: I guess you're right. I mean, it's only like 500 bucks for the bottom. But now that everyone knows the rarity, it's like they're just putting the trash ones down there. Yeah, but is that even going to matter
4: at, some, at, at any point? Because yeah, there's 10000 be... Yeah, but one. are they going to be utilities, or you just want to be a member?
3: Oh, so I don't know what they're giving out as membership yet. So That's, that's kind of close. close. I mean, it is a yacht club. Y- yes, but the clothes, I mean, you still have to buy them. They're just available only to you, right? Yeah. How much are the clothes? I don't care.
4: I'm not, I don't, might not even want them, but...
3: <laughs> That's the thing. Out. What are you getting from having one? I don't know. I got one, and I did not get one. I mean, seeing my Twitter feed fill up with them, it, seemed like everyone, it seems like everyone has one, which is it makes me want it. That's the FOMO <laughs> kernel right there. I mean, Fuckrender bought 40-something of them. Dude, you gotta buy one. Buy one right now. Maybe Fred will sell me one. At least look right now. All right, I'll look right now. I'm looking up board Apes. So it makes me feel better. So there's 10,000 board Apes, right? But only 2.1 owners. 2.1K owners. So the average owner has five apes. Oh, okay. So that's better. The average price is now 0.48 ETH.
4: No way. Average price?
3: That's what it's saying on fucking OpenSea right now. Well, that's probably because they've sold some for mega ETH. Yeah so that's skewing it Post-rarity. but let me uh let me do some sorting here let me see what a floor ape goes for at the moment Dude, so I
4: struggle to find where the floor actually is because every time I just find
3: the price like like in yo this one's dope I'm buying this right now no, fuck, it's a top bid it's a fucking auction for two more days that's exactly what I was explaining, dude minimum bids, one eighth this thing looked like it was listed for .19 I hate OpenSea that's what I I was just saying I don't fucking get it because every time I look down and try
4: to see the floor the floor is just whatever someone's offering and then I go to buy it and then it's like, oh, nope, never mind
3: let me look at this filter, maybe, oh, here we go buy now, instead of on auction I found it, done I take it back, open sea's better. I just the U the UI was tough. Yeah, the floor is now 0. 0.4 ETH to buy now. Really. Out of my price range. Is it really 0.4? 0.4 is the floor. Wow.
10: That's so yeah,
3: I wow, I really should have moved earlier. You were not joking. I've missed the wave now. Yesterday, if you bought one with me. Yeah. Dude, I was trying to buy one, a cool
4: ass one with a, with an army hat with a Joker thing, and he was high and he disappeared.
3: This one's high and wearing a prison outfit. Oh, you want to split that one? 0. 0.4. <laughs> Stop it! You're so bad. Tell me what the rarity is. A fourteen ninety four. Can you look him up? Doesn't matter what the rarity is. You know you want. Yo, it. so this one. Did costs you a, see it and did you th- want it? This one costs, I, have, I did see it. They're dope. Like I have twelve hundred dollars for this. I have one of the least rare apes you could possibly have, but I just feel lucky that I have one. Hey man, you're more rare than hundred and sixteen apes. <laughs> so not that bad. I right? think there's value in being that close to the bottom. I think it, unless you are the bottom of the bottom, I don't think it matters. I think it's just not good. <laughs> <Fuck yeah. laughs> uh, I'm not going to look that up because I can't. <laughs> I can't. Properties else? right here. Hold on.
4: What number is it?
3: All right. His number is. Oh, yeah. This is the other thing we can't fucking find on here. Chain info. 1494. That's the number? Yeah. 14, low men. 1490.
4: Is it, is it a low mint? Ten percent. All right. What do you think the rarity on that is? The
3: rarity on this is not rare. What do you think? If is you there a number? Exact guess. Yes. What's an what's, what's like? The, 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 oh, the rank. Oh, yeah. um, it's middle of the road. Maybe like six thousand, six thousandth in the list. Oh, Give me an exact. Six guess. two eight seven. No, seven eight three three. So worse than so, I thought. Yeah. yeah. So it ain't that rare, but it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Buy I the, mean, well, it does, but it also doesn't. Buy the floor ape. This is the floor ape. It's $1,200. You should buy that. You're not going to FOMO push me into aping. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't. If NFTs were selling right now, maybe I could flip something and get it, but... Yeah, but you're looking at something that's selling. Yeah. Above my price range. I can't do it. All right, close the book then. The book is being closed. I will not be buying a Board Ape Yacht Club piece, unfortunately, even though it may skyrocket and go for over an ETH in like a month, like maybe a week. These are going to fly, but I just can't spend $1,200. If you would advise that I convert $1,200 worth of Bitcoin into Ethereum to buy this, then I would think about it. But would you... Advise will never be the word. <laughs> I just, like, Put it pl- in perspective, that's like a third of all of my Bitcoin that I'm I own. Just planning it <laughs> <laughs> So.
2: Uh.
0: I was drifting
11: on someone
0: else's dream. Then my paddle broke I floated downstream The winds kicked up And threw me overboard I swam damn hard And got myself to shore I stood up So I could see In the distance A road calling me and said It's time To find your own way We're living This loving every day And as I walked along This road it felt like home And in that moment I realized This was a blessing in disguise A blessing in disguise Holy clover Just beneath my eyes A blessing in disguise